What it do, baby? Welcome to another episode of the Patty Melt Boys NBA Pod. We are your Summer League Insiders. Back at it again. It's your boys, Matt and Ben. John's off. A quick little recap of where we are in the NBA right now, in case nobody knows. The Lakers defeated our Nuggets, Ben, uh, in the Western Conference Finals on Saturday. And just last night, the Heat defeated the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. We, of course, are going to start where everybody expects us to start, with the Western Conference Finals and our beloved Nuggets falling to the much-hated and much bigger Lakers. Uh, that that series wrapped up Saturday. Like I said, the Lakers won the series four to one. Uh, LeBron absolutely slammed the door shut at the end of Game Five. He really took over, and I guess that's what he does, right? Um, the despite the result being four one, I do feel like it was a pretty damn close series. Uh, games two through four, I think we talked about this a little banner. I've probably said this to about 10 people since then because I am obsessed with this stuff. But games two through four were all winnable by both teams. They were mm-hmm. they were they were really tight games. And unfortunately, the Nuggets only came away with one of them. They got beat at the buzzer in game two, took game three and then game four. They were right there. They kept getting like down by 10 and then back within like three and then down by nine. And then they got within one at one point and it just kind of slipped away. So it kind of sucks that that the series shows four to one Lakers, but I mean it was very it was very close to being two one Nuggets, and then at least two two at one point as well. I guess what was your big uh, takeaway about the competitiveness competitiveness about this series, and can the Nuggets play with the Lakers like I'm saying, or am I just a rose colored glasses Nuggets <laughs> fan? No, I think you're right on there. I mean, obviously, like, game two is a pretty – they got – they. I mean, the Lakers kind of handled them pretty well in game one. Game two, like, I think uh, you play that game, you know, again and probably, like, you know, eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, the Nuggets come away with a win in that game. I thought they played pretty well. Game yep. three, Nuggets win. Um, game four, yeah, it was a tough kind of grinded-out type of game. Uh it kind of felt like the Nuggets just couldn't get over that last hurdle of, you know, grabbing a lead and you kind of just felt like it maybe wasn't going to go their way, but either way, even if that game does go the Lakers way, that's a two, two series. um, I feel like most of the time. And so, yeah, I think they can play with them. I think kind of near the end of the series um, in game five, um, you kind of saw like LeBron, do his thing. Um, that's why he's in the conversation as one of the greatest. And he has a supporting player like Anthony Davis. Um, there's not a lot else you can do. I think the Nuggets put up a good fight. I think they, you know, push the Lakers more than either the te- other two teams that the Lakers have played so far in the playoffs. Sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just tough. Um, so, I mean, I think you have to be as a Nuggets fan, happy that they made it to the conference finals and I think fine with their performance uh, in the Western Conference Finals. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I picked Nuggets in seven because uh, I am a jinx guy and I didn't want to jinx it, but I picked them to beat the Clippers in seven. Once once, once they got to a game seven, I picked <laughs> them to lose to the Clippers in six originally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely happy with it. It's, it's weird to say that you're proud of a team, but um, I'm very proud of these young men. I think Paul Millsap might be the only player who's older than me on that team, but um, that that might not be a hundred percent true. But but uh, and that game four too, that was tough. I we were going to talk about this maybe on Friday if we did a pod, but we didn't get to do one that day. That would have been before game five. Um, game four was a rough one for them because they, they, like you said, they couldn't quite get over that hump, and offensive rebounding just killed them the whole game. And we were talking about this a little bit before we got on here that Dwight Howard actually was very effective games four and five. Hate um, to admit at, it. After, yeah, hate to admit it after being a, an annoying little shit games two and three. <laughs> um, but he was very effective and a lot of that had to do with offensive rebounds. Um, and then right when the Nuggets are coming back, they're within, you know, two or three at the end. They give up two straight offensive rebounds, I think two possessions in a row, one to Rondo. They gave up a an offensive rebound to LeBron when he was the free throw shooter. Uh, just unforgivable stuff. A lot of people were talking about the officiating in that game, and I do think there are some 
one, some terrible calls. Um, I guess if AD sprains his ankle, it's not necessarily a foul on the other team. <laughs> and that's definitely the case there. That's, you know, awarding the Lakers two points there. And then uh, if you look at the replays of those two should have been fouls against LeBron down the stretch when he, everybody was lauding him for shutting down Jamal Murray. Well, he fouled him twice on two pretty important plays. Um, yeah, those so, were you know, crucial plays too. Yeah. I, I think one of them, the Nuggets would have cut it to two or something, and it was basically a layup I, yep. where LeBron yeah. got his got his wrist pretty clearly. It was very clear. Yeah. So, but I mean, all that being said, um, refereeing is what it is. You know, I think the offensive rebounds are absolutely why they lost that game. They gave up twenty five second chance points off twelve offensive rebounds. That's, Mm -hmm. that's more than, that's more than, uh, that's more than a score per offensive rebound. Like they literally, I'm sure they had a couple threes off of them. So they probably missed a couple, but like on average, they scored off of every single one of those offensive rebounds and that just can't happen. And then, you know, Jokic had, had a, probably a pretty, it's below average for him because he's so good. I I don't have his stats in front of me here as everybody at home knows, but, uh, (laughs) Now, if Jokic plays a little bit better like he normally plays and they give up four less offensive rebounds, they win that game too. So anyway, yeah. I'm I'm very I'm not happy with the offensive rebounds. I'm very happy with how the Nuggets performed overall. And I do think you're right. Uh 4-1 is how the Lakers won every single series, I believe. But I do I think, think so. that I think that we pushed them a lot harder than the other teams, which were Houston and Portland. So Jamal Murray. He finished his star-making playoffs, averaging 26.5 points per game and 6.6 assists per game. He played 40 minutes per game, and I think that definitely showed in that last game five. He was hobbled. Uh, he had a couple uh, bone bruises on his on his right leg, one on his knee and one on his foot, and he said he was very uncomfortable. He didn't make excuses, uh, but he, he did say he had a couple deep bruises there. Shot 90% from the free throw line, pretty normal for him. 51% from the field, 45% from three. Um, also probably proved himself to be one of the good, one of the great tough shot makers in the NBA. That game four was incredible. He had the yeah. up and under Jordan-esque move through the LeBron. Jordan, yeah, the Maple Jordan. I, I can't believe how fast that ball went in. When he when he did the move and he, and he spun it off the glass, like – the the time between hitting glass and like just going through the net was just incredibly fast. I almost couldn't believe that it went in just because I it went so quickly. And then he hit that tough lefty, like moving yeah. to his left, hit a yeah. left-handed shot, like yep. a few minutes after that. He had the, obviously the 360 layup uh, over or through Rudy Gobert in the first round. <laughs> I mean, he's just impressive. His, his defense has really improved. He was kind of, I mean, you as much as you can D up LeBron, I think he was giving LeBron at least like somewhat of an issue on some possessions in some of those games too. People are going to think I'm crazy for saying that, but I mean, I mean I, he, I, he held his own. Yeah, he, I feel like he's gotten to the point where he can like stay in front of guys. Like he is not going to lock yeah. them down, but he's not just kind of an ole on defense. Like yeah, he'll, sure. he'll stay in front of them enough that hopefully there's a big guy behind him that can kind of get in better position. But. Yeah, let's just put it this way. LeBron wasn't hunting him on defense. He was hunting MPJ. <laughs> so, <laughs> MPJ, M- the hunted. Maybe that could yeah, be his new nickname. the hunted. Uh, MPJ is going to definitely have to improve his defense over the offseason. I think he will, for sure. Because um, like we talked about before, he's shown moments where he even had a really good defensive play on LeBron in game five where LeBron traveled instead of, instead of getting blocked. He just decided to travel instead. Yeah. Uh, but that was... That was a great defensive play. He's got it in him for sure. Uh, I have a quick question, and I, I think I'm kind of going to – I wouldn't go in extreme on either either of these, but I want to hear what you have to say. Is this team Jokic's team anymore, or is it Jamal Murray's? I think Jamal Murray at least – I think he's the leader of this team emotionally um vocally probably in the locker room as well especially without a guy like will barton there but is he the uh is this his team yet yeah i mean what what a place we've come to that uh we are even asking that question yeah not me not me 
Um, I think we even maybe discussed this, whether when Jamal was first starting to like really show out in the playoffs, whether this could be his team. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, the way I felt before was that so much of the offense flows through Jokic. Um, but there's also just, I mean, Jokic is not kind of a shot hunter. Um, and so you kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of tough to say, and I guess maybe I'm kind of like agnostic. Like, I don't know that either (laughs) of these guys are the type that are going to say like, this has to be my team, especially since like their styles like are so complimentary. I know Jokic isn't the guy. I think Murray is like sort of fine getting the shine. And I mean, I think he's likely to be like the Nuggets top scorer going like Mm -hmm. next year. And, you know, I think he's going to be the guy they rely on to get big buckets because he's kind of shown that he can do that. Uh, Oh, he's definitely shown that he can do that now. So yeah, yeah, I guess I don't really know that it matters too much. I'm going to, I'm going to use your word. I'm going to go agnostic as well. And that was actually my, my same opinion. I think because Jokic is the most unselfish superstar in the league, um, a very, very uh, kind of feel out the game approach that he has. He's not a, he's not a ball hawk. He's not a ball hog. He doesn't need to shoot all the time. Um, unfortunately, I think he showed that in games four and five of this series. I think he needed to shoot a little more. Yeah. Um, but I think this is like you said, they, they have such good chemistry with each other and neither of them is a selfish player. I think this team goes forward with Jamal being the emotional and vocal leader, but with this kind of being a Jokic Murray team, as opposed to a one or the other. So I just kind of wanted to pick your brain on that because I actually, I really agree with that. I think the issue might come down to, I think I talked to my dad about this and forgot to bring it up on a pod, but like, I hope that this team can continue on the path it's on. And I think that they will, they have a good chance, but it's always, it's going to be really hard to get back here, even though they're going to be better next year. Uh, Just because so many teams are still going to be good next year and so many teams are going to be better. Golden State's going to be back. But uh, let's let's talk about MPJ real quick. This is where this is where the chemistry could get a little sticky. Right. (laughs) And I I actually I think the players really like MPJ. I don't think he's been an issue in the locker room at all so far. He obviously said that thing about needing to see the ball more often. But um it seems like they all talked and that never really became an issue beyond his press conference. Um, But when does the chemistry become an issue with MPJ? Because he's been the number one player in this class since like middle school, I believe Um, he came in here. He's clearly a dynamic offensive player. I could see him maybe being an issue in the chemistry someday. Is this one of those situations where it's like, we just need to stay together for the next three to four years. The first like four or five years of his career, he needs to stay in Denver. Um, they're going to re up his contract after next year or during the next season, whenever that's available, whenever that option becomes available to the nuggets. But this is the, this is who I want to compare him to. And this is maybe too, a little too close, uh, too close of a comparison. Everybody sees it coming, but he's Kyrie Irving, right? Like a dynamic offensive player. Um, He's got a lot in his bag. He's got these two veterans in front of him. For Kyrie, it was just one. I guess maybe Kevin Love came in with with more years of service underneath his belt. But if if they can get a championship with MPJ in the next three to four years, and then he, like, becomes too big for his britches, that's perfectly fine with me. I would love for him to stick around for a long time, but if he's the kind of player who's going to be like this otherworldly offensive talent, but eventually like, like uh, pressures his way out of town, as long as we get a chip out of him, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see because the way he plays right now, right. Is that sometimes he's just not within the flow of the offense. Like you can tell that like, if he hasn't really got a shot in a while, he will just take a he shot. Hunts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, he kind of, he's kind of like with Murray and Jokic, you never feel like 
that guy needs his touches or anything like you. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most impressive things about Murray this playoffs was that he played within the offense that like, you know, in the Clippers series, when they were throwing double team in him, he didn't force stuff. He kind of, you know, passed. Like, I'll just score 23 and, this game. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, so I feel like it's not really an issue with those guys with MBJ. I think it could be, but a lot of credit, I think to Mike Malone and how he's handled him so far. Like it would be yeah. very easy based on some of the stuff he said, some of the shots he takes to be like, you're out of line, kid. Like, you're sitting down. Um, and yep. I think Malone's handled him pretty well. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, to me, it it's not like a perfect comparison, but it reminds me uh, – or it's like a the, the Thunder, the young Thunder with KD yeah. and Westbrook and Ibaka. Um, it, it reminds Harden. me – Yeah, Harden. Right, exactly. When those guys got to the finals, I, f- I feel like I remember thinking like, Oh, they lost to the Heat, but these guys are going to be back here every year. And you yeah. just never really know. And I could see, I can kind of see like a Westbrook type MPJ comparison where both of those guys were guys that kind of, you know, dominate the ball a little bit, maybe more than they should and stuff. So yeah. I think it's possible, but I think there's just so many unknowns. Um, and I think you're right too. Like, MPJ is not going to be a star next year as good as he is, I don't think. I, he's probably yeah. not going to be a star the not year after yet. that. And so if he can play kind of that third guy that's up and coming for a couple more years, that might be all they need. I think you're right about that. I mean, I think he's going to hop into the starting lineup next year. Um, we're going to talk about Jeremy Grant here soon. As long as they re-sign him, he's going to start at the four with MPJ coming in at the three. I'm pretty confident. Um, but yeah, I think... I think this is eventually going to come come down to Jamal's going to be their leading scorer for the next year or two. Jokic is going to be very comfortable just doing his thing and running the offense uh, the next few years. And MPJ is going to going to start to emerge. He's already emerged a little. He's going to come into his own next year, and then the year after that, he's going to be a dynamo. I think, um, but he's he's really going to show out. I think next year too. I really like what you said about sometimes he definitely hunts for his own shot and sometimes he plays within the offense. I'm sure we've noticed as Nuggets fans watching him as often as we have, he plays way better. He gets way more numbers when he plays within the offense because he's got a lot of guys around him that are good passers. And, you know, he's a big body. If he cuts and he spots up for threes, like Jokic is going to find him. Murray's going to find him. He's a good passer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to dip into MPJ for a little bit there. Uh, as as we did say earlier, I think Jokic probably played a couple of C-level games for him, um, which are still pretty good numbers for most people, but those last two games weren't that good. Jokic did, however, have himself another great playoff run. He finished with 24.4 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and six assists, shooting 52% from the field and 43% from three. from the line. That's pretty solid for a seven footer. Um, Jokic definitely gets the benefit of the doubt. I think in those last two games for how well Howard played other than game four, I wish he would have boxed out Howard a little more, but he, I mean, he played pretty well considering all the, all the guys that the Lakers had to throw at him. Um, I think it was pretty evident that last game, especially that the nuggets were tired and I don't like using that excuse, but I think it's just kind of a fact at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, he still played really well. The player who really made a name for himself in these playoffs for the Nuggets, though, Jeremy Grant. We've talked about him. I mean, he was a good shooter all year. I think he averaged 40. I think it was a 40 percent uh, three point shooter, maybe 39 percent. Really showed what an asset he is around Jokic and Murray with his defense and spot it, spot up ability. He matched up defensively with Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron and AD all in the same playoff run. And uh I think he uh, he also already has the the uh, eye of the league on him. Everybody with uh, with some cap space really wants to sign him this offseason when he opts out of his uh, his last year of his deal. Did you see LeBron chatting him up after the game? I missed it that. Looked like I, they I, were having a, it looked like they were having a hell of a conversation. Oh, like Jeremy geez. Grant wasn't saying much, but LeBron was like talking to him a lot uh, after the I, game. I did see the, the I don't Murray. think the Lakers have any cap space but <laughs> yeah I did see the Murray um chat with LeBron and with AD but uh I yeah. missed the Grant one 
trouble. Yeah, we're safe with we're safe with Murray. We have him. His five year extension uh, starts next year. <laughs> but I, I did see this. A report from Mike Singer of the Denver Post yesterday said that Grant plans on opting out of the final year of his contract to become a free agent, though his preference is still to stay with Denver. Um, that is a relief to hear that, but it's not that surprising given how well he gelled with this team. Yeah. I've seen reports as well that say that he could demand between 14 and $16 million in free agency. He was set to make $9.3 million, so it's definitely going to pay off opting out. I think, I think he ends up in Denver. It would suck if he doesn't. They're going to have no issues paying him 14 to $16 million a year. They were paying, they were paying Paul Millsap $30 million the last three years. And I mean, they're going to be fine. I, I don't think he's going to head to the Lakers. I think he's going to be a nugget. It's a smart move on his part to uh, venture out into the free agency. Um, but it's definitely does not mean that he's leaving. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think this was probably, I haven't looked at the stats, don't have those in front of me, but um, of course. I feel like this was probably a career year for him. And I think a lot of that yeah. was playing alongside Jokic. Like he's not, asked to do much offensively you know a lot of it's yep. spotting up and hitting a three cutting spot up and yeah cutting yeah. and you know a lot of pretty easy buckets uh coming his way he's asked to do a ton defensively but he showed like he's up to it um and i feel like that's his strong suit so he, he, we'd love to see him back in a nuggets uniform um i agree if, if it's 14 16 that's what it takes to get it done get it done um that's like half hey, of what this app's getting so it's half of what Millsap got, and it's Mason Plumley got fourteen million dollars each of the last three <laughs> years. You're gonna pay Jeremy Grant. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of Paul and Mason, was this the last we see of of those two and Tory Craig and Nuggets uniforms? I don't know how likely it is that they bring back both Millsap and Plumley. Tory Craig, I could see them bringing him back just because he's not gonna demand a lot of money. Um, in total, about $48 million is coming off the books this summer. So you're going to use a good chunk of that to get Grant back, definitely. Uh, a little note here, though, about the salary the salary uh, chart next year. The third highest paid player on the team next year is going to be Gary Harris, who will be making almost $19.2 million. Is that a good look, Ben? That Gary Harris when is he signed third... this extension. When he signed this extension, that looked like a like a damn good deal. And he's still a really good defender, but he has he has struggled offensively. He has struggled um kind of for the last two him, years. But, um but yeah. the year before that he was pretty good. I mean, I think we'll see. Um a lot depends if he can get healthy um and get that shot back. Like I, he, like, he's kind of like Grant, frankly, and I don't think the Nuggets are asking him to do a lot on offense. You know, he just needs to be able to hit threes kind of um, and cut. Yeah. And uh, so, but I mean, his shot, he just has not been, he's just not been making threes. Um, but his defense is, it's not as good as it once was, I don't think, but it's still there. So like 19 million is a little bit steep, but I'm, I don't think it's embarrassing or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I love Gary. He definitely has, I think, more more pluses than minuses when it comes to the Nuggets. Um, his defense, too, I think it was awesome against the Jazz. It was awesome against the Clippers. And then he got to L.A., and I don't think it was less effective. It's just that against L.A., the guys that he's guarding are like Caruso, KCP, yeah. Rondo, Danny Green. So, like, he just didn't have as much of an effect on this series. And I don't think that's his fault. Right. So um, I love Gary. I want him to be a nugget for life. He is the longest tenured nugget. So I definitely don't, I don't want to get rid of him. I think wow. he's only six years in, but he's the longest tenured next to uh, Will Barton's the next longest, I believe. Wow. So we're going to, I have the future of the Denver nuggets on here. We've talked about that a lot. And I think after the season's over, we'll probably go into our summer and what we want it to look like for the nuggets. But I so we won't talk about their future too much, uh, though we already touched on it a little. I just want to say one other thing to all of our listeners out there. I think I might post this on our Instagram uh, for this episode. Have Ben, I sent you the picture of Latko Chancho. <laughs> we got a lot of Latko coverage on here. I think we might lead all NBA podcasts in Latko coverage. I'm sure we do. Maybe DNVR Nuggets talks about him more. <laughs> Man. I mean, this guy got 
ripped. I have, I looked at his picture on Twitter is him at last year's media day. So it's him in his Nuggets uniform just with a basketball. And he does not look like, he doesn't look bad, but he's not defined at all. And then, so for, for our listeners, the picture that I'm going to post on Instagram, that was taken uh, like one of these last days in the bubble in Orlando. And he looks it, incredibly jacked. It looks Photoshopped. It's insane. <laughs> it does. I like, I highly doubt it is just because I don't think black girl would like have somebody do that. He, you know, yeah, he, I don't think it's Photoshop from what we've seen of his um, Instagram before. He's not exactly uh, like a pro at it or anything. He's not that savvy. Yeah. So I think it's real. Um, I think he's a very talented player overseas. I think he played for the same team that Jokic played for, but like the year after Jokic came over to Denver he is Jokic's best friend on the team. He's his workout partner. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. Uh, I don't like we've, I think we've said this in the past. Jokic doesn't need to get ripped or anything. He's a, he's clearly very effective the way he is now. A lot of people thought that he was going to lose a lot of power when he lost weight uh, throughout the year. But he, I think he showed, like we said, Dwight Howard is pretty effective on him. But when Jokic kind of got the ball, like demanded the ball down low and like actually went to work against those guys, he can still push push those guys around, yeah. AD, Dwight Howard, whoever. But get Vlatko in the gym with Bull Bull and MPJ. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. It's got to happen. Yeah, yeah. All right. So rest in peace to our Nugget season. That was one of the best seasons for me probably ever. 09 was great too, but like this was a little bit more like – not as not as much star power, maybe less expectations. So to get all the way to the Western it was uh, just... kind of like playing with house money. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> One could say that. Uh, you know who's spe- you know who's uh, playing with house money now? The five seed Heat. Yeah, we mentioned already. They took down the three seeded Celtics to advance to the NBA Finals. John brought this up. I think this is cool. The Patty Melt Boys Big Three of Jimmy. Duncan and Tyler. Mm. I don't know if we, we, Duncan and Tyler for sure. Jimmy's a stretch because we didn't see him at Summer League, but I get what John's, John's trying to include his favorite player in here. <laughs> so we'll give it to yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's we, a pretty good we, big three. Yeah. Though. You could just swap out Kendrick Nunn with, uh, with Jimmy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn's yeah, not be seeing a lot of, for the Summer League PT these, these playoff games, but. He's not. I think Kendrick Nunn has been exposed. Yeah, He's not that good, I guess. I guess you can really focus in on him when you only have to game plan against one team yeah. for an entire series. Not very effective, but uh, well, I mean, what do you have to say about this? We don't have our Celtics guy Joe on this week, so I don't really have too much to say. It was an entertaining series. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I kind of didn't know what to make of this series going in. Um, Miami's tough. Like, they got shooters – um, they're scrappy. They're they're pretty deep team. They play good defense. So, like, I I'm not too surprised. I guess um, I wouldn't have been yeah, surprised if the Celtics won, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll be. I this was a pick'em series. Yeah, I'll be very interested to see how well they match up uh, with the Lakers. I kind of feel yeah. like not to jump ahead too much, but I kind of feel. I've always felt the West is a superior conference and i think there's some talk that this year the east had closed the gap a little bit and i kind of think that might be exposed in this series um with with the lakers outplaying them i hope not but uh i don't know we'll see i think yeah let's let's jump into how they how they match up so that's our celtics heat talk (laughs) (laughs) after we spent about 28 minutes on the nuggets um but yeah, game one is on Wednesday for the NBA Finals. It's going to be a Laker home game. Mm. Have you heard everybody Everybody in the media is pretty upset that we're all stuck at home and and they could be going from L.A. to Miami every few days if things were normal? Oh, I didn't see that. That's what the national media wants to do. They're all, they're all mad that they don't get to go to L.A. and Miami for two straight weeks. Mm, rough. I can't blame yeah. them. I mean, we probably would have been there, too. We probably would have made our debut this year. Yeah, we can get credentials. But, uh, I it's think it's a bummer. Yeah, so let's let's kind of look at. I haven't done a ton of uh, thinking about this so far, but how do we think these teams match up? Let's talk stars versus stars, and then role players versus role players. I think the stars for the Lakers are obvious. It's LeBron and AD versus probably Jimmy and Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously. 
obviously the Lakers heavily outweigh like worse than the Nuggets matchup for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, because of Jokic being a top, you know, six, seven player in the for league. Sure. Um, the stars for LA just they're I think they're gonna I don't know how everybody will match up like one on one in in the game, but like you're playing those those two uh, star tandems against each other. It's LeBron and AD all yeah. day. Yeah, size matchup is a problem. Skill matchup is a problem. Yeah, I, if you're just matching, if we were playing two on two, it'd be pretty pretty yeah. rough go uh, for the Heat. I think it's fair to say it would. But so so that's that's very easily advantage Lakers. I think where it gets interesting, and I think you're probably right that that uh, the Lakers probably exposed that uh, that whole East is uh, maybe matched up with the West well this year so far. I think the role players is where it gets interesting. The role players for Miami, I think, are way better than the Lakers role players. I know you got playoff Rondo. Yeah, you got Dwight Howard playing uh, playing effectively for two games. Javale McGee sucked. Kuzma sucked. KCP hit his shots. Kuzma sucked. Danny Green sucked. Danny Green did. He hit two shots in that last game five, but like before that, I think he'd hit like one all yeah. series, like one three. Yeah. And what happened to Danny Green? But like, who else? Caruso. He's a good defender. I mean, I'm not gonna talk shit about Caruso for what he is. <laughs> yeah. He's good. Yeah. But he, I mean, he he missed a lot of shots in that Nuggets series too. He had a couple dunks that everybody goes crazy about. It's like we know he can dunk by now. He's, Just a, he's, he's an white NBA player. Every time he dunks, yeah, yeah. But like, I think the role players for Miami are way better than the Lakers role players. What do you? Think? Oh, for sure. I mean, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. We'll start it off with those two. Um, Goran Dragic. Um, you know, like yeah, if you can even call him a role yeah. player, he's their he's their leading scorer. Right. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm leaving guys out, but like, you just look at those guys. Myers Leonard, <laughs> our our favorite Coors Light shotgunner, flexing on the sideline, um, chugging Coors Light. Yeah. So no, I mean, I I think so. Like, yeah, those role players are way better. Um, you know, I think probably on both ends of the floor too. Definitely on offense, but I'd say on defense too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. So I, that's kind of where. I mean, let's just get into who's going to be hoisting that Larry O'B trophy in a couple of weeks. I think it's going to be the Lakers. I'm going to pick the Lakers in seven. I don't think it gets exposed quite as bad because Miami's just such a freaking good team. Man. Yeah. And they're they're in their zone right now. I think the Lakers are a better team. They'll win in six or seven. I'm just gonna say seven for the hell of it because I want it to be a competitive series. And we, we get more um, basketball then because this might be it for a while. That's true. It might be. We'll get into that a little bit in the NBA maintenance when when we think the next season is gonna be starting. But uh, yeah, that's my pick. Lakers in seven. Yeah. I but I will say first that I I'm gonna say first I want Miami to win. I agree. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to take the Lakers. A little bit of a hot take here. Not that I want to. I'm going to take Lakers and Lakers Sweet. in five. <laughs> um, okay, good, good, but good. But I kind of feel like it's, you know, like like you broke it down. Like, I think the Heat, Heat's role players are better than um, than the Lakers. But I also thought the Nuggets' uh, role players were quite a bit better. Um, than the Lakers and I think the way LeBron's playing right now and the way he's working with AD Mm -hmm. I just think it's going to be like way too much Um, it's a huge difference and they have some young guys too who have played very well in this playoffs but uh, the finals is probably going to be a different stage I feel like just going up against LeBron too is like for some of those guys it's got to be like kind of a little bit of a little bit of like deer in the headlights type of feeling so um yeah i, I'm sure. I mean i'm gonna go as much as i would hate to see it lakers in five yeah it's gonna be a bummer when the lakers win boy boy uh, hasn't it been a rough go for lakers fans though you gotta feel good for lakers fans have you seen all those little bullshit things like oh we we started wesley johnson four years ago it's like yeah guess what you guys still have how many yeah. championships calm down and- Everybody yeah, true Lakers down. fans lived through the uh, whatever his name was, Lib Ryan, whatever. Yeah, 
Ryan, Ryan Kelly, Kelly lineup. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, those were great days yeah. though, because I always remember the Lakers fans talking about how they might have really found something with Ryan Kelly, you know? <laughs> they signed a couple stars. Ryan Kelly no. could really come along. Yeah, and then they'd you'd go to a Nuggets game here in Denver and almost half the crowd was Lakers fans. They'd be they'd be leaving around the third <laughs> quarter because those teams suck yeah. so bad. Get the hell out of here. We're going to hop into some NBA maintenance. No break this week. Are you good I'm with good. that? We can power through. No no break this week. We got big news for John. The Bulls make it official and hire Billy Donovan to be their next head coach. The deal is for four years and $24 million plus. John, on the text, when you sent, I believe you sent him the, the, uh, the tweet announcing that Billy Donovan had been hired. John said, I'll take it. <laughs> That's how excited John was. I was like, come on, John. This is a I good know. hire. I was a Bulls fan right now. This is all you could ask for the offseason. You know, uh, Boylan gets fired. Yeah. You get a new GM in there. You get, I mean, Donovan's a good coach. Like, I, I was skeptical when he. Quite frankly, he could have ta- taken a better job than this. <laughs> right. This is like a rebuild yeah. job. I mean, I was skeptical of when he got hired by the Thunder, thinking he was kind of just a college guy. But, yeah. uh you know, like he he did really well with this Thunder team this last year. Um, they definitely weren't going to be a playoff team in my book. So, like, I think they should be excited. Yep. Plus, I mean, doesn't Billy Donovan have the Noah connection? We got to get into that now. John likes the idea that's been floated out there of Joe Kim Noah returning to the Bulls to play for his college coach, Billy Donovan. The connection is through Florida, the University of Florida. He won two national championships there with Billy Donovan. Um, the idea, I guess, that I've seen online is that Noah could be Chicago's Udonis Haslam. The The thing is that, you know, Udonis Haslam has never played for anybody but Miami in his career. And I think he's from Miami too. So like, this isn't a perfect uh, comparison. Noah has played for Chicago, New York, Memphis, and most recently the Clippers. So I get what they're saying here. He could be like their vet. But, like, come on. He's not Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam is a very unique uh, Miami culture right. guy. You know, got to give it up for that Miami culture. But um, a thing that I thought might be interesting, I'd feel kind of bad for him, though. It'd be it'd be great from going from D.C. to Chicago, probably. The Bulls could trade for Bradley Beal. Mm. How about that? Beal is another uh, University of Florida alum who played under Donovan in That's college. That's true. Uh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Now they they'd have to who would they get rid of? I'd love to have I'd love to pick John's brain Did, here. Is he willing to give up Kobe White? Otto Porter back to Washington with Kobe White? <laughs> <laughs> you think you think uh, Otto Porter would or uh, you think Washington would want to? You any never know with Washington. Uh, you never know. Yeah, that's um, very true. That's yeah. Very I don't true. know. Do you give up a pick? I mean, Brad Beal is the real deal. <laughs> He'd be great for Chicago. Yeah. Real be real deal yeah. Beal for sure. Uh, one player who might be available soon, Ben, I just saw this today. I don't know if you've seen it because you might have been pretty busy with work. Victor Oladipo wants out of Indiana. Where is he going to end up? He is a free agent to be after next season. So, um, you know, if they – he's not going to re-sign there at this point. If you want to get anything for him, you got to trade him. Probably before next trade deadline, Oladipo is going to be out of there. He has $21 million next year on his on the final year of his contract. Two-time All-Star, was third-team All-NBA in 2018. He's been hampered by injuries uh, since that 2018 season. I think he played okay in 2019, and then was it a torn ACL? I think uh, so. He did something really yeah. bad. Yeah. So he, he's been struggling to get back to that form that he was in 2018. But he's still a pretty solid wow. player. Uh, I don't know what team's going to trade for him. I did but, not see that. I mean, do I you did just, not see that. Do you just straight up, you know, who can uh, – He's. I looked at his numbers. He's a below-league average three-point shooter. I think he's a pretty good defender, though. Um, he's about the same size as Gary mm-hmm. Harris. Mm-hmm. The numbers match up 19 million to 21 million. Like that. Yeah, I – I don't Straight know. It's, uh, hey, 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 and Gary Indiana is a, guy. Uh, Indiana yeah, boy, too. That's true. I don't well, I don't want to do this. Victor, he, he played he at Indiana, play that too, right? I don't know where he's from. He did, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. That's shocking sure. to me, though. What is Indiana doing? Uh, 
they don't have a coach. Maybe maybe they got rid of uh, Nate McMillan and and these guys wanted out. So according to Jared Weiss of the Athletic, Miles Turner may also be in the same boat as Oladipo. So the Pacers are imploding after they got rid of Jeez. Nate McMillan. I, I mean, I think I heard some stuff about how there's pressure for Oladipo to kind of come back from it. Uh, yeah, his surgery like too fast or faster than he wanted, and they're threatening to like not pay him and stuff. Yeah. So I and then yeah, you get rid of Nate McMillan after the two years he's had there, like definitely overachieving. I don't know. Uh that's yep. rough time for Indiana fans. Jeez. That is really rough. Um next story here, according to Woj, the NBA has made it official that it plans to have their draft combine to be conducted in both team markets and virtually. This began today, and it's going to run through early to mid-November. Um, I saw some stuff coming out today about uh, LaMelo Ball did, like, a Zoom call with reporters and stuff. So I think that's part of this whole draft All combine. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, that's just a, a quick little thing. Not much has come of it so far, but I'm glad the NBA is kind of kind of moving moving on to its off-season stuff. That's exciting. We It might be a little while until the next regular season, but they're – they're proceeding uh, at a pretty normal pace, I would say here. So that's exciting. Adam Silver last week told Bob Costas in an in a CNN interview that after the wrap-up of this NBA bubble in October, his hope is to play next season in full 82-game fashion plus a full playoff slate, and he hopes that plan will include fans. I'm not sure if they're hoping for fans the entire time, limited at first, whatever. It's probably going to be limited, right? Unless we can get some some uh, fast result tests that people can kind of take as they're coming into the arena. I can't imagine they'd be instant though, so that'd be pretty that'd be pretty hard to obtain. Um, this would include teams traveling and playing their home games at home. He told Costas the best case scenario would be the, to start the season on Christmas this year but 2021 season will likely start in January at the earliest. So the hope is Christmas. I don't think it's going to happen. We had mentioned before, just because um, I had heard Mark Cuban say this on the JJ Reddick podcast, you know, the old man in the three, um, that that his hope was to, yeah, and I don't, (laughs) I don't at all. But um, Cuban's hope, or at least what he thought was going to happen was that they would start around MLK day. And I guess that is January 18th, this upcoming mm. year. So that would kind of be in line with what Adam Silver told Bob so, Costas here. What do you think about that? That's, that's not as long as I thought it might take to start. Yeah. The next I mean, season. it's, it seems a little bit far out, but given that we're playing basketball here in October, um, we'll get there. Uh, I mean, and we'll yeah. have some other sports to watch in between. What do you think, though, about like not having an eighty-two game season? Where, like, say they, sh- he says, yeah, they're but going say, to. say that's unrealistic, and like they want to get stuff back on track. Would you be okay with that? I'd be okay with yeah. it for one year. Uh, I also think that this might be more like what they're thinking for the future. Not not starting as late as uh, January eighteenth. But we kind of talked about and like when the league went into hiatus, a lot of people were like, well, this is going to let them kind of change to the schedule that they wanted anyway to avoid mm-hmm. a lot of football. Maybe the season from going forward here won't start in like mid to late October like it normally does. Maybe after this next year, if they're going to start January, mid-January, late January and have a full 82-game season, maybe they just speed up only slightly speed up the next off season to now have the new every year schedule start yeah. on Christmas. Cause I think that's what they've been wanting to do for a few years now. And this as bad as uh, COVID has obviously been, it gives them an opportunity to kind of do that uh, if they want yeah. to. Going I mean, forward. honestly, so I haven't heard anything since, since we first talked about that, but that could be like Christmas to like August. That's, that would be a pretty nice schedule, right? Then you, you don't overlap. With I'd love it much at all. I mean, that, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. I think you'd still be able to get it done by like yeah. July. So then you have like, you have August, September, October, November, like a, the, your same like four yeah. month break that you normally would have. So so I don't think it would have to go that far into the summer. Um, you know, like my dad said, when they're starting this bubble, he doesn't like watching basketball in the summer. So. It's not natural. <laughs> he did watch. He, 
Yeah, he did watch a lot of these these Nuggets yeah. games though, so he got over his his summer basketball. <laughs> um, I think it's cool though. I really hope it starts as early as January. That'd be that'd be really neat. Um, our boy KOC tweeted out last week that there are rumblings that Mike D'Antoni is going to the Sixers. Or wait, sorry, let me start that over. Uh, he tweeted out that rumblings of Mike D'Antoni going to the Sixers have gotten much louder in the past couple days. Again, this was last week. He notes that there is a lot of intrigue here on the fit, which he, we have discussed on the pod because D'Antoni's uh, seven seconds or less, you know, he prefers threes and layup style, doesn't exactly fit Philly's roster. So I would say that's definitely intriguing. The hiring, if it happens, might bring some major changes to the team's roster. What do you think about this here? Uh, it definitely doesn't fit as far as, uh, at least scheme-wise, with what the Sixers have on their roster. Yeah, right I mean, now. I've also heard, uh, I think it was maybe last week, reports talking about how the Sixers were open to, like, trading people and like, adjusting their roster to mm-hmm. fit D'Antoni, which, um, if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm probably not wild about, like, hey, let's bring in this old coach and then build our team around him. Who's never won right. a championship. So that, yeah. that wouldn't be great. I'm honestly pretty intrigued by the fit. Like, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but I kind of just want to see for my entertainment value how it works. If I was a fan of the Sixers, I'd be probably yeah. a lot more scared. But just for entertainment value, let's see what happens. Yeah, I think we I think that's exactly how we put it last time we talked about the potential of D'Antoni going to Philly. Like I want to see if he's the one who can figure out the puzzle of how to play Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together. So I don't want them to trade away a bunch of people to make it a D'Antoni team. I want D'Antoni to come in and try to make it work with the team they have. Like with obviously there'll be little moves like around the margins or whatever. A report also said last week Philly is intrigued with D'Antoni because it may help lure Harden to Philly in two years Whoa. when he's a free agency or through a trade <laughs> prior to that. Are Harden and D'Antoni that close? I know they've had a lot of success, but I can't imagine I can't imagine Harden's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go back and do the same thing two years from now in Philly <laughs> right. instead of Houston. Yeah, that's interesting. I had not seen that either, but uh I mean, that would be really fascinating. Like a Harden and Bead lineup, how does that even work? Um yeah, but that's that's the thing too. If uh, if Daryl Morey's going to be in in uh, Houston, I think Daryl Morey's just as big of a of a reason that Houston plays the way it does now as yeah. Tony is. Honestly, like I can see why Philly might want Harden, though he's you know got a ton of mileage on him and he's not getting any younger. If they're wanting him in a year and a half, two years from now, you know he's still going to be good. But like you want him in his prime, not two years from now. What are the Rockets going to want out of this trade? Like, are they going to be – it would be for either Simmons or Embiid. So, like, neither of them is a three-point threat. They're they're both very good players. I get that intrigue. But, like, the style in Houston also doesn't fit for those other guys. You'd have to get a completely different coach in there. I don't know. It'll be yeah. very interesting. <laughs> that, that'd be a wild fit um, yeah. going both ways. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, frankly, like, to me, Houston's, like, outlook is very bleak. Uh I just like, I mean, they have Harden, like he's a great player, but they've, they're going to be a good regular season team again. They're not going to be, they're not going anywhere, probably past the second round, definitely not past the conference finals. And when the West gets tough again next year, as you said, Warriors are coming back strong. Like, I mean, they're not going anywhere and they're going to be be missing more guys. Like, ah, that situation's pretty rough. So, yeah, we're going to end on a couple. I mean, not that we've – this hasn't been a bummer at all, but we're going to end on some some cool stories here. Last week, the Nuggets' very own Paul Millsap announced that he is turning his training facility in Atlanta, Core 4 Atlanta, into a 2020 general election early voting center from October 12th through the 30th. In a statement, he said he has chosen to become more involved in the voting process by using his social media platform to encourage voting. With our democracy at stake, I believe whatever you can do, do it. Whatever you can give, give it. Voting is a must. That's a very cool move. Vote for Millsap, as his jersey Um, says. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Vote for Millsap. Maybe we'll just put that up on our our, uh, Instagram. Vote for Millsap and Vlatko. Why not? (laughs) Yes. Oh, Vlatko. All day. So the seven teams that were not invited to the Disney bubble officially started their own in-market minicamps last week. 
Among those seven teams is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not among those Minnesota Timberwolves is free agent to be Juancho Ernan Gomez. Why, Ben? He's currently in Philadelphia, uh, not interviewing for their open head coaching job. He's shooting an Adam <laughs> Sandler movie. The Netflix movie is titled Hustle and is being co-produced by LeBron James. The movie is about a basketball scout who finds talent overseas. It's a very vague description. That this is just cool for Wancho. Can we Wancho sign Wancho back? Wancho is just back? a very cool player. I want um, Wancho back. I'm kind of a fan. He's also fan very good favorite with Jokic. too. Bring I mean, everybody back. likes Wancho. Yes, big um, time. That trade not in there, but I I know you saw it was uh, the Beasley news. You know that trade was a pretty. Yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> pretty end rough. On a well, I'll I'll turn it in pause. <laughs> a pretty rough trade for me at the time as a Nuggets fan. Really liked both those guys. Same. Uh, you know, maybe it wasn't as bad as it turns out. So, um. yeah, it might not be that bad. I hope I hope uh, everything with Beasley is not as as uh, bad as it might actually be. Um, I'm I'm not gonna get into it. I don't want to end on a let's end on our happy yeah. Wancho news here. Um, uh, bring Wancho back. That's all I have to say to end this pod. Bring Wancho back. He's gonna be. I think he's he loves Denver from what I heard. Throw a few mil. Throw a few mil at him. He loves Denver. He's really good he's friends got with Jokic. There, like, bring him yeah. back. I mean, and he's cool. He's a bench guy. He's a pretty good defender. He's a good three point shooter, and he's yeah. the coolest guy on the there team. There was some time obviously. there where he was going to see like up and coming. Maybe he was going to be like their new power forward for a little bit. Didn't work out, but he can play a little bit. There is definitely so. a time there. He can play for sure. He definitely. Uh, he's definitely a guy who's going to be on a roster. I mean. Why not bring yeah. him back to Denver? Maybe he still has a place here. I don't know. So that's it for the Patty Melt Boys NBA pod. Yeah, I guess we'll be back next week. We're going to see how these NBA finals go. Game go one Wednesday night, and we out. Go Heat. <laughs>